Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Eli Drake. That is just a fact of life. Wrestling Perspective 2.0, I'm Dennis Farrell, and sitting in the big chair, the new co-host, the first time we record, Eli Drake. Eli, it's, welcome. It's the biggest chair, and uh, I, I can't help but feel like a guest right now, but I, I assure you I will make this my show in no time. I am so excited. As you know, here, here's a story for the fans out there. I was Petey Williams' little tag-along buddy, which every show has these tag-along guys. And me being an Eli fan, I see him walk around all the time. Never going to bother him because he's at his place of work. And the one time Petey finally comes up and you know asks you to do an interview, I'm, it's like Christmas time for me, so this is even cooler. Well, now I'm your little follow-around buddy. So, uh, you know, now you get to switch roles and everything works out. But, uh, no, I mean, this whole thing is kind of full circle for me because, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, this, this show played a part in me uh, <laughs> getting fired from Impact. But here I am making it work for me and uh, on to better and bigger. Can, can I at least say, in the last time we'll ever talk about this, I felt horribly. And when it came out, I immediately reached out to you. And I think there were, there were two times where I kind of feel like I won your respect. And that was, you know, when the news broke and all that stuff, I reached out and apologized and asked what I could do. And I think the second time was you you had said something about intergender wrestling, which we'll talk a little bit about it from a fan's point of view later, where I was on the show defending you and you happened to hear it. I don't know if I asked you to listen or or something like that, but you listened to it. And I kind of came to your I might have been one of the only people to come to your fences. I think that's kind of where I won your respect. Well, I, I, I think it was just the, 
there wasn't kind of uh, hey, well, that happened. See ya. Uh, I guess the fact that you kind of reached out after that, but but I mean, at the same time, I can't hold you responsible. I'm saying what I'm saying, and I'm responsible for it. And I don't really shy away from that. It's kind of uh, you know, it's one of the things that's. Uh, been me shooting myself in the foot throughout my career, but at the same time, I'm also holding on to my integrity. I'm also holding on to my principles and my values and the way that I feel about things. At the same time, if you really boil it down, the whole thing that happened was really just a misunderstanding because somebody printed uh, one piece of the interview out of context. And so I have to assume that that's all that was read or all that was heard, seen, whatever. And that's what led to what ultimately ended up happening is my demise and impact, even though I was planning on leaving, you know, 45, 50 days after that. Um, So I think it was just a misunderstanding after we talked it all out and figured it all out. We were able to move on. Uh, Actually, I'll be in Las Vegas this weekend while Impact's there because I'll be hanging out with some of the guys and girls that I'm still close friends with. There we go. All right, let's talk some news and stuff. Uh, Biggest news of the week, Chris Jericho loses the AEW title. Not like in a match, but I guess the story goes, he's in Longhorn eating, comes out, the limo goes to pick somebody else up, comes back to grab him, the belt's gone, files a police report missing. He finally gets it back today. Uh, Someone turned it in because they, and I'm doing the finger quotes, found it on the side of the road belt worth thirty thousand dollars eli could you ever imagine leaving if you're held responsible for a belt like that just leaving it in a limo holy shit uh you know it's funny because before we got on the air here you uh you'd mentioned this to me and i was like wait how do you lose it already i thought you meant in a match um but now now that i'm thinking about it uh, I see. I didn't know any details. You're giving me these as we go. Uh, he was at a Longhorn with the title. Longhorn. That's a little weird. Longhorn. Uh, I mean, Longhorn's a fine establishment, but what are you taking the title on there for? Like, if you were, if you were at like uh, Tao or you were at Boa or uh, you know something like that, I get it. High class place. You want to show off at the Longhorn? What are we doing? You I, <laughs> I, look. I'm dumbfounded because if I'm being held personally responsible for something that's thirty thousand dollars, oh yeah, I'm either having it on my lap or it's in a mm-hmm. briefcase handcuffed to my wrist, and I'm having security guards walk me everywhere I'm going. That's how paranoid I would be. Well, then again, with the way my day trading has been going this week, I, I feel like I've dropped $30,000 belt um, myself at a limo. So uh, you, you kind of got to keep your eye on things like that. Uh, I See, I would be the type. Because, see, when I first won the Impact title, I, di- I took it to a club with me. And I was like, we're going to get some pictures taken. This is going to be sweet. <laughs> and uh, and the promoter that I knew, uh, not wrestling promoter, club promoter, he was like, hey, bring the title with you. It'd be awesome. I'll get pictures with you and the girls, whatever. So we ended up doing that, but that thing did not leave my sight. Uh, I, I think I think at the one time that I even set it down, uh, I think I set it with my jacket over top of it. So at least if I left with one thing, I was leaving without it all, and something would have keep me in. Oh shit! I got to go back and get that. Well, hey, God, that's interesting because that might be the most – and I listen to a lot of your interviews, but that might be the most fanboy thing I've ever heard you say was, <laughs> I took my belt with me to a club to celebrate. Dude, that's awesome. 
<laughs> well, it wasn't actually my idea, uh, but I'll take the credit. Um, but no, my, I, I've got a friend, Noe, who's a, he's a club promoter around here. I go out with him every now and then. Uh, he's always got these tables stacked with girls and free bottles and whatnot. And actually, he gets paid to do it. That's what he does. So uh, he told me to come out. Of course, I just won the title probably a couple days before that. And he was like, absolutely, bring it, bring the title, whatever. So we took pictures in front of the, the backdrop, red carpet, all this stuff. And he's, hell yeah, it's great. Uh, but, but ordinarily, I'm not going to go take my belt uh, to a restaurant or, or wherever else I am. But more power to you. If you're down with that, you do that. Now, we've talked many times, and you're so far into industry, in the wrestling industry. You don't really have much time with acting and day trading to, to be a fan of wrestling. But you grew up a wrestling nerd like us. And every interview I've ever really heard you do, you don't really talk about your wrestling roots. It, it, you know, as a fan listening, it almost sounds like, and look, it's a misconception, of course, now that I know you, that maybe you were a bodybuilder that got into it for the money and not a lifelong fan like you and I are that got into it that way. I wish. Uh, man, that would have been a lot easier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I toiled away for 10 years of just being broke. Uh, you know, barely getting by paying my rent, uh, you know, moving across the country, having garbage cars that broke down all the time or, or not having a car at all for a while. I mean, it was a real struggle. And, uh, you know, some of that was, was my own fault, but at the same time, uh, I knew that I had to keep pushing forward. I knew I had something to give, um, but man, when I hear about some of these guys who just, oh yeah, 21, they just scoop me up. And I'm like, God damn, like what, how, how different would things have been if they just picked me up at 21 because I was huge and jacked or I knew somebody or whatever, man, that'd be amazing. But, uh, but it was never that there was always a labor of love and it was always me starving through my twenties just to get here. Do you, at what point, though, did you find yourself watching it less as a fan and then either starting to watch it as a wrestler picking apart things or just fading out of... Because I'm finding myself doing that now where there's just so much wrestling I would love to watch. I don't have time. It, and I find myself now... Especially if I watch it with someone like Pete And he'll be like oh this guy's going to do a flip here And he does a flipper That's a botch move you could tell when he does it, it changes the way I watch wrestling Yeah see I I haven't watched wrestling as a fan since 2003 Now I don't know if that's Because that's when I entered the business And maybe there's some Subconscious competitive thing in me where like I don't want to be a fanboy to the other guys that I'm technically competing against for a job um, or if it's just the fact that all my favorite guys pretty much went away, went away around 2003 and I feel like that's when the product kind of uh, for WWE it, it kind of fell off for me a little bit at that point that's when they started doing dumb stuff like HLA and and the Katie Vick stuff and, and just a bunch of they, they took the Attitude Era and made it Raunchy and gross uh, Because they lost Their biggest stars Um, And it just got really Weird and bastardized but And then after that you got the PG thing And and I I was never an indie guy I never even paid attention to the indies I didn't care for the indies because on the indies There was no There was never a uh, Concentration on promos or characters Or talking so like even if you'd Watched Ring of Honor back in 2002 2003 it was just a bunch of guys who Were great wrestlers Wonderful but like that that 
that doesn't do much for me. I got into wrestling for the characters. I got into wrestling because I, I liked these very developed characters, bigger, larger than life personalities. Um, and so I, I, I think around 2003, and again, like I said, I don't know if it's because WWE lost their guys that I was really into, which is The Rock and Austin, and, and I think everything else just kind of fell off from there. Uh, or if it was just a fact, or maybe it's both of these things, that I was in the business and I felt like I'm competing with all these guys. So I'll check in from time to time, but I'm not going to sit here and uh, mark out over a bunch of guys that essentially, in a way, I'm working with, but I'm also competing against. I, I talk about the Jericho thing. I ask you that to set up this discussion about championship belts. If you've seen the AEW championship belt, it, it's aesthetically beautiful. But when I saw it in... I'm going to bitch a little bit later about uh, AEW in uh, the streaming service they're using because it was horrible. Uh, I'm 41 years old. I got my first wrestling pay-per-view in 10 years, not counting WWE Network stuff. And I'm going to take someone to task here in a minute. But I saw the belt on Jericho's shoulders, and it just looked big and gaudy and took away from the moment. Now, as a guy who, A, is in the business, B, has held many belts around the world, do you, are you a belt snob when it comes to like the aesthetic looks of a championship belt? Yeah, I mean, I guess in a way. I mean, I, honestly, um, I, uh, I I don't mean to say anything bad about the title because I literally have it sitting on my shelf right now. But the very title that I had an impact. I'm kind of disappointed over the fact that like they just kind of slapped the impact thing over. I know I understand why they did because they were getting the new one made. They had to you know kind of fix it in the moment. So I felt like that kind of soiled my run just a little bit. I mean, obviously it was still a great run. I I, I think that style of the belt's amazing. I always liked the circular belt. I liked the uh, the late '90s uh, Attitude Era WWF belt. I thought that one was awesome. I thought the, uh, the Smoking Skull belt was great. Um, the AEW belt of what I've seen. So you're saying big and gaudy. I like big and gaudy. Big and gaudy to me is like. Hey, well, hold on, let me back that up for a second. Big and gaudy. If I go back to the Spinner WWE belt, that thing looked like a toy. <laughs> I didn't like that. I thought it looked stupid and ridiculous. Um, big and gaudy within limits. Um, but I do like the basic elements of the AEW belt of what I've seen of it. I haven't seen it in depth. I didn't see the pay-per-view, but the fact that they have a big gaudy gold belt, there's not a lot to distract from it. Um, sometimes I do like the added colors. Like when you look at like a, a WWE belt and they have like the, maybe the globe in there or whatever. Uh, but just having a straight up gold belt, like for instance, the old WCW belt, that, that belt was, some would say that's the best belt ever. I don't know. But I'll even say the old TNA belt just before the one that I held. Um, that oh, big gold nice. belt was actually pretty badass. Um, uh, so I, I am a belt snob in a sense. I mean, they're definitely somewhere I see them. I and mean, I'm just like, oh, what is that? Um, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I kind of dig the AEW belt. Although I will say, I feel like the font... If I'm going to get real nitpicky, I feel like the font of the logo kind of takes away from the uh, kind of takes away from the prestige, if you will. Because here's this big gold gaudy belt, like you said, and it looks like something that's so regal and royal. But then you have this very kind of casual AEW font, if you know what I mean. I actually agree with you. I, I, I look at it and I'm just like. You didn't go the extra mile to at least 
And, and as you were talking, elegant would come to my mind. The belt's elegant. The the font is like the typical font you would get on your computer, and you just typed it in and went on. That would you yeah. didn't put any thought into it. But, and I mean, well, I know that that's their logo, so I get obviously they want to put that out, and I think that the logo is good. But then putting it into a belt like that. Uh, with the the visual that is that belt again, the gold and the platinum or silver, or what, whatever the different little uh, contrasting colors and whatnot on the belt, it looks like it should be so regal. And I just feel like the font that's in that logo, although it is their logo, and they want to push that and they want that to be synonymous with the company, I don't feel like that uh, serves the purpose on that belt that it should. Your impact title sitting on your shelf. Did you did you buy it? Did you steal it? How how did you get to keep it? It was a gift. Oh. Uh, it, I, I didn't. I don't have the actual one. Um, the actual one. I, I don't know where that is. I tried to track it down, uh, but it was long <laughs> gone before I uh, figured out how to get it. Um, but no, I. I um, I actually I have the the King of the Mountain title. I have the the tag team titles that I held with Scott, Scott Steiner, and I have the uh, Impact World title all sitting up on a shelf here. Dude, that's um, awesome. I've got a, I've got a special hookup somewhere, that, somewhere in the world. That is the second most fanboy thing I've ever heard you say. By the way, <laughs> are, are you a, are you a memorabilia I, I, guy? I, I got a drink to my accomplishments over here. What do you want from me? Are you a memorabilia guy? Because it it sounds like there's a sentimental no. value to the belts that you hold. But well, of course there is. But nothing memorabilia-wise? No, no, nothing. Um, uh, I I, I want to spoil something, but I can't, okay. so I'm not going to. But but there will be something memorabilia-wise uh, that will be real special to me here coming up soon. Uh, but otherwise, I have probably no wrestling memorabilia other than... I have a couple old T-shirts. I had the Bash. Uh, I'm sorry, Great American Bash '96 uh, T-shirt because I was there in Baltimore. Uh, I have Starcade '97 because I was there in Washington D.C. Um, man, I got a couple others. I can't. I can't remember. But anything like that that I have is uh, T-shirts. Uh, I was given the Hall of Fame. WWE 2014 Hall of Fame because uh, Percy Pringle managed me for a few years and he went into the Hall of Fame that year, so I have a book for that. But otherwise, I don't really, I don't collect anything. I don't have anything. Um, I mean, when I was in high school, I had a couple of the belts. I had like the the WWF uh, World Title and the Intercontinental Title. The the nice ones or the stupid foam ones that uh, you know? No, I, no, no, no. I had the I had the nice ones. Uh, uh, I, I got a credit card for the first time when I turned eighteen, like an idiot, and maxed it out buying dumb stuff. Uh, and those were a couple of dumb things that I bought. Uh, maybe about three years later, they were sold on eBay and gone. So, I, I think my very first piece of memorabilia. Would you remember? I might be a year or two older than you. I don't quite know how old you are, but I when very young. I'm a pup. You look spry, so it's okay. <laughs> but I I had the old Road Warriors foam shoulder pads. It, okay. It made it even sadder because I was the only wrestling fan I knew, so I was only had one. It wasn't like I had a buddy <laughs> that me and him could walk around and you could make fun of us both. It was just one oh, yeah. guy. So so I know what you mean by memorabilia. I don't think I think my first belt was the old winged eagle belt that I, I bought off somebody that needed money. His name might have been Eli. I don't know. Oh, boy. But, but that. Uh, well, see, I, I had a bunch of stuff 
stuff when I was a kid. Now, if you're talking kid, that's different because you know I'm playing with all this stuff. But like as like as an adult, I have nothing. I'm, I'm not I I'm not a collector of much of anything that I can think of. Um, to me, having the belts is just kind of like these are trophies of you know uh, a company trusted me to carry their banner, if you will, in a sense. And so it's kind of like having a trophy for you know winning the. Boston Marathon or something like that. Uh, so you know, I, I keep them up and, and out, and it's it's my career. I'm very proud of what I've done. So hell yeah, I have them displayed. That's cool, especially knowing PD. And PD's not like that. He's just throw everything in a box, and when I need it, I'll dust it off and and pull it out, kind of guy. Which blows me away because if I had an action figure myself or the cool headdress that him and Scotty were when he was little PD pump. And I don't think he got to keep his X division title, but still that had been on a mantle somewhere showing it off. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean that this was always, see, I, I wanted to actually have the title. Like I, I read Austin's book and stuff like that. And he talked about like when he uh, won the intercontinental title and then when he lost it on stuff and he was talking about like, I, I want, I want to keep this belt. And I was willing to pay Impact. Like, hey, I, I, I just want to keep this belt. Uh, but I guess that there was some sort of deal. I, I don't know how it worked out exactly, but I, I think that they, uh, I, I don't know. But, but somehow the belt went away when the new one came in. Well, would, when you, and we haven't talked much about this because you're now with the NWA, an organization I grew up watching. I was, you know, in my formative wrestling years, I lived in Atlanta. So this is like super cool for me that, I'm doing a podcast now with somebody from the NWA. Are you going through links to maybe try to figure out a way if you become the NWA world champion to procure your own belt? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm already, it's already, it's already been in the back of my mind for the last couple months, ever since I signed, uh, just thinking, okay, well, what's the next title that's going to be thrown up there? Uh, and, and if that's the one, then that's the one. Uh, but by the way, while we're talking about it, uh, shameless plug, plug here, uh, Atlanta TV tapings for the NWA. September 20th, I'm sorry, September 30th. I'll be there on the 29th, though. September 30th and October 1st. So if you haven't gotten your tickets, I think they're already sold out General Mission, but get your VIPs, everybody. Yes, you can go to store at nationalwrestlingalliance.com to get the tickets. See, I'm prepared on my part, but yeah. There you go. General Mission sold out. You can still get the VIP tickets. It's $100 per day, and it's not like, you know, it's just a ticket. A, you get first pick of whatever seat you want. B, you get these really cool meet and greets where they get to meet you they get to meet nick aldis they get to meet uh billy corgan by the way who i mean that alone a hundred i'd pay a hundred bucks alone just for like five minutes with the lead singer of smashing pumpkins right say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Talking about a musical icon, I I, uh, I was listening to this guy's music uh, when I was in, a freshman in high school, um, and I was never a big like I you know what I, I have a very eclectic mix of music, but I would say my main main stuff I listen to is like hip hop and R and B, but uh, that Tonight Tonight song in 1979 and that whole damn album, man, that that was like an anthem. Of, uh, of my freshman year in high school So that's crazy The fact that he's even offering himself up For the meet and greet uh, Like you said, I think more than worth the price of admission Just with that alone uh, But yeah, I think actually Speaking of which, I think reading his uh, Reading his Social media the other day, I think he said that Even though General Mission's sold out now They might be able to uh, squeeze in a few more seats. I'm not sure. So I would say stay tuned. There's a possibility that if you haven't gotten them yet, you might be able to. Don't hold me to that. In my mind, it, this is just nerdy wrestling fan Dennis talking to you. In my mind, I picture yourself going back and forth in negotiations with NWA, and then all of a sudden your phone rings, and it's Billy's like, Billy, or Ila, hi, it's Billy. Why don't you just sign with us? And how do you say no when Billy Corgan calls you? <laughs> It went down well, something like that. Just lie to me. It, it was just like that. It was exactly. <laughs> and at that point, I had no choice. It, that's how it happens, right? I mean, when, when <laughs> Billy Corgan calls your cell phone, and, and even Petey, every time we did the podcast and you know he came up, he still gushes like a 16-year-old girl at the time Billy came up to him at TNA and told him he was one of his favorite wrestlers. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, I mean, I, that, that, well, yeah, if, if any celebrity of that stature told me that, I'd, hell yeah, I'd be excited about that too. Let's move on now and talk about another topic. This was something I wanted to wait to a later show to get to, but I feel like this is a pretty good show. We're getting to know each other. It's like our first date almost. Where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting my paces here at this point. Going good so far? You having fun? This is an awful time, but good. Uh, I'll, good. I'll get better. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. <laughs> So, way back in the day, and we kind of alluded to this, where one of the things that came to your defense was, and it's not so much you, this isn't going towards an Eli Drake thing, but it's more of a complaint I have with wrestling fans now, was the, there was a whole thing in Impact with intergender wrestling, and we'll leave it at that. You guys can go out and do your homework. And I went on the podcast and, and defended you. It, it, not just you, but anyone else who was just kind of said, not a big fan of intergender. I, I personally am not a fan of intergender wrestling. I like women's wrestling. It, to me, you can interchange intergender wrestling with hardcore wrestling, attacks, stuff like that. It just doesn't do anything for me. But this new trend in wrestling now, at least social media-wise, is fans bullying wrestlers into agreeing with their point of view where it blows my mind that if a wrestler comes out and says, you know what, 
I don't like the color orange or I don't like, you know, hardcore wrestling. And then all the hardcore wrestlers somehow band together and, and shame this guy into having to like their opinion. And it blows my mind now. Well, I mean, that, that's that's all of social media at this point. That's that's Twitter. Um, it's funny because it's just like the uh, Chappelle special that I just watched the other night. It's like it's it's the Twitter audience. It's the loud, verbose minority um, just yelling out. Uh, but but I mean, look, it, if anybody wants to do intergender wrestling, I say do it. Do your thing. Do whatever you want. I don't care, but I don't want to do it. Uh, I, I don't think that it makes sense for what I want to do, where I want my character, my career to go. Um, and look, I, I do the bar wrestling shows every now and then, and we always do dumb, silly stuff. And I do stuff that I would never, ever do on TV, but that's the difference. If you're going to do a show with serious storylines, and it, you can have comedy that fits, but if you're having completely ridiculous superpower things or fire, you know, throwing a street fighter like fireball in your match or you're doing dumb stuff like it just it's 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 really taken away and and killing what you're doing and every, people always say well the cat's out of the bag people know it's not real well that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard because everybody knows that every tv show on tv isn't real but at the same time you still get involved with it because they're not rubbing it in your face when you rub it in people's face that it's not real and you're giving them the wink and the smile, you're, you're taking them out of it. Now, there's a, there's a, there's a small audience, uh, which you could look at as a large audience, but I think in the grand scheme of things, a, a small audience who's into the ironic parody wrestling in a sense. And I think that intergender wrestling falls under generally, not always, there are exceptions, but in general, parody wrestling falls into I'm sorry intergender wrestling falls into the category of parody for me and the reason for that is take the greatest our show be it not real is a show that's based in some level of reality as a sports presentation uh, it's a dramatic sports presentation um, but at the same time nonetheless the actual combat in the ring is supposed to be a within the rules of the wrestling universe, uh, be a sports presentation. And with that being the case, it has to align with what is real in our world. If LeBron James suddenly decides to go play in the NBA, he's not going to be scoring only 30 points a game or whatever he's doing now. He's going to be scoring like a hundred or more points a game. Uh, if, if, what other women's sports do we have? If you take the greatest tennis player in the world and put her against Serena, put him against Serena Williams, even she will tell you. She's even said it herself. He will murder her. There's actually videos you can go look it up on YouTube and watch women even trying to return the serve of a man, just trying to return the serve, and they couldn't even return the serve half the time. I, that's the case it, it, there's just it, it, it's not it's not a sexist thing this is just truth this is how the body works this is how men and women work we have more testosterone we have bigger bone density it, 
That's how it is. I agree. You can't do anything about that. I agree with you from the aspect of also that you have to protect your own character. You yes. cannot trust the Eli Drake character to people in booking rooms where – and this isn't you know against anybody else, but they're going to do what's best for their show or get them to Monday or Tuesday. They're not Absolutely. really worried about what's best for Eli Drake. You know, today, tomorrow, or when he leaves the company. So you have to protect you in that character. For sure. I, I am my business. And, and I mean, look, is there a way that we could have made it work? Sure. Possibly. Yeah, I, I think so. But if, if that way of making it work isn't <laughs> me just murdering a chick, I mean, unless you like Awesome Kong. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll go for it. Cause that, that I believe, um, China, albeit she's not here with us anymore, but if she was, I could buy that because she was huge. She was big. She's bigger than half the dudes, actually probably more than half the dudes who are working anywhere in the world right now. Um, it, it just has to look and be believable. And people use the example, oh, what about the big show on Rey Mysterio? I thought that was dumb too. And that's not to take anything away from either of those guys. I've worked with Big Show before. He was awesome. I worked with Rey Mysterio before. Awesome. They're both amazing. But it's stupid. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. It, it's not believable. My brother's a great example. He, he's a casual wrestling fan. He's not super into it, but checks into it every now and then. When he sees something like that, he's like, this is so dumb, I want to turn the channel. Because he sees a seven foot four guy against a five foot six guy. You lose all elements of believability. It right, um, right there proves you're not a hypocrite then. And that's what I like about you is because you just made the case that, hey, not only do I not like it this way, but I don't like it this way either. So that that shows that you're not a hypocrite or sexist. Yeah, I, I mean, like to to have a believable competitive match with somebody who is literally a hundred pounds less than me and uh, more than half a foot shorter than me, it, it it doesn't serve our business well. It just doesn't. Well, it, now for, now for the people who are like, I guess woke. And the people who are like the the new school wrestling fans or whatever, they love it. They eat it up. And that's why it's been such a big thing on the indie scene. And now I guess some companies are starting to acknowledge that. And and that's fine. But then again, of what I've seen for some of these, they actually are matching the guys up at least a little bit closer as far as the size is concerned. Um, You know, if you have a smaller guy against against a girl, it at least makes a little bit more sense. How you feel Um, about that? How you feel about that is how I feel about like tax in wrestling. There's no storyline in any wrestling world that makes me believe that someone will pull out a bag of tax, dump them on the ground, and someone will fall into them. I think that is the stupidest thing ever. And as a wrestler, and I know you've done it. And I, I shake my head because, A, it takes a better man than me to want to do something like that. And, B, oh, yeah. like, what what do you – okay, you fell in tax. How does that progress a storyline? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's it's just shocking all in that moment. Eh. Um, I, I, I'm not totally – I, I don't want to ever do it again. I didn't even want to do it the day I did it. The only reason I did it was knowing the match it was, it was abyss – and considering the fact that there is no way for this to go 
that's going to be pleasing and except me going in. So I'm going to have to go in. And so that's what I did because I thought it was the best reaction for that moment. It was the best thing to do in that moment. I, I don't ever want to do it again. I never, I never was into uh, really hardcore wrestling. I think if you build up to something like that, if you build up to a story like that, I get it. But to just have a hardcore match for the sake of having a hardcore match makes no sense to me. Um, but I mean, I mean, I guess to your point, uh, where'd these thumbtacks come from? Cause I've never seen anything put up with some thumbtacks, uh, for them to just be under the ring. Uh, at the same time, there are chairs that makes sense. Cause chairs are all around the table thing. Uh, that's, that's questionable. I mean, you could maybe need a table for something who knows. And the ladder thing makes sense. Cause maybe somebody's, you know, somebody's putting up lights before the show. They got to put the ladder somewhere. They put it underneath the ring. That all makes sense. But the tax to your point, I don't know. Thank, the hell are they doing there? Thank you so much. Let's let's do a quick plug for BlueChew.com. The only reason why you're here is because of BlueChew.com. They're one of our longest-running sponsors on the show, so we thank them so much. Now, Wait, is that the reason I'm here? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Trust me. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, Are you saying my dad used BlueChew? You know what? I was a little worried about how this ad is going to go. You just made me less worried because you're going you're gonna to be all right. Look, <laughs> Blue Chew is made with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. And, Eli, I know you don't need but Blue Chew. I mean, you're young. You look like you were made by God himself, chiseled. Not but, a, but I ain't shy to try it out. There we go. Well, now that you want to try it out, all you have to do is go to BlueChew.com, use the promo code PERSPECTIVE, and I'll give you your first order for free. But the one thing, oh, I, hell won't, yeah. one thing I won't do is pay for shipping and handling. That's for 5 oh. bucks. So you just pay $5 shipping and handling, which, look, you just got back from StarCast. I know you spent more on on. You know, chintzy merchandise, another young bucks pin, and a thirty dollar, you know, shirt from John Moxley or something. So you got five dollars to go do this, and the more you do it, the happier you know Eli and myself are right now. You say name with such disdain, but let me tell you, I, I think that my uh, although I might not need it, I, I think my girl might appreciate it if I had a little blue chew in my life. Look, my pitch is you go from being a curtain jerker. To main event in WrestleMania, you know, oh, with, with Bluetooth, that's right. You no longer are you being the jobber in a thirty-second match. You're an Iron Man, sixty-minute Shawn Michaels at the end of the night. Uh-oh. Getting that clean one-two-three finish in the middle of the bed, which is weird because when you take Bluetooth, an actual ref will roll out from underwood and count the three while our shoulders are pinned. Did you write this shit? No, I make it up as I go. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Y- you like it? Eat. I mean, it was all right. No ads. Hey, listen, it's our first date. I'm a little nervous, you know? I don't want to scare you off. All right, let's not take it there. <laughs> but but Blue Chew, <laughs> go get Blue Chew. And truthfully, I don't care if you use it or not. Put it in a drawer, take it, don't take it. Just go order it and keep the show going. That's all I worry about. That's talking about dates, talking about Blue Chew. Let's calm down over there. All right, all right. So BlueChew.com, promo code perspective, done online, no awkward doctor visits. You know the pitch. Go do it. Let's No prescription either. No, no prescription. That's right. And you know what? If Eli Drake says he's down for it, you should be down for it too. Why not? Uh, there we go. That's the end of that ad. We're out. We're we're tapping out of that ad real quick there. It's getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's let's get some uh, fan questions out of the way. And when I threw it out there, Eli, 
I would have to say 99% of the questions, and hopefully next week, fans, you guys will be a little more different with the questions you ask. But the most question people asked me was, before signing with NWA, how close did you come to signing with AEW or anybody else? Well, you got to get personal right now. Okay. Uh, uh, well, let's see. Um, I we had a deal worked out, uh, and then we didn't, and then we did again, and then we didn't. Um, we we just couldn't come to terms uh, with everything, uh, and. Then I actually also spoke with Joe Mercury at uh, Ring of Honor, and that happened just before talking to Lagana and Billy uh, about NWA. Uh, and at that point, it was kind of just weighing my options and seeing what was what. And I had been contacted by friends of mine who were in WWE, and they said, hey, you should probably let them know that you're available. And I was like, you know what? I was like, for the last three years, I've kind of jerked their chain. I was like, I'm going to ease off of that for right now. Because uh, <laughs> for three years, I was like, hey, I'd love to come over there. And they were like, great, we'd love to have you. And I was like, ah, you know what? I'm going to stay where I am. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't, I, I don't want to keep being the, uh, the boy who cried wolf. So Wrestling I didn't even bother reaching out to them. Did you give them wrestling blue balls? I, I guess so. Uh, yeah, they, they they had their blue chew all ready to go, and uh, I didn't even I didn't deliver. All right. And the other question we got, which I thought this was really cool. And by the way, we literally got 50 people asking that question about the, the AWA thing. So now that that's out of the way, we can ask other questions. AWA. Uh, e- I ain't that old. A- AEW. There we go. Now, the other question I got, which I really enjoy this, is how much say did you have an impact and do you have at the NWA with the Eli Drake presentation? Um, I, I mean, from impact, it was kind of built in. Because, okay, so it all goes to Lagana. Uh, Lagana was writing it at TNA uh, when I got there. So I knew him from before from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Um, cause after he'd left WWE, he was there for a little bit, helping put that show together. So he already knew what I could do. Um, plus he'd seen some update, updated promos from me and whatnot. So it was kind of, I mean, they gave me a direction, but for the most part, I stayed with him whatever their parameters were and of did my own thing. And so it kind of just remained that way, uh, as impact continued forward. And then, um, I mean, I, I can remember working with uh, Sanjay or uh, 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 Jimmy Jacobs and both of them on different occasions. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget this. Uh, after cutting one of my promos, because usually I was just one taken out, they were always like, God, literally, I, I think word for word from Sanjay was, you make my job so much easier. <laughs> um, so, so I always appreciated that because I know not everybody was getting through uh, one take, but for me, it's just kind of man. If if I know the direction I'm going, just give me a time limit, and I'll go in there and I'll do what I need to do. Um, and it's kind of been the same thing with NWA. So, um, to this point, it's kind of just put a camera put a camera on me, uh, give me a direction, and I'll take the wheel. There we go. Let's wrap this podcast up, uh, Eli. Do you have any dates, merch? Where can people find you? Stuff like that. 
Oh boy, uh, I think I have a new t-shirt coming out on Pro Wrestling Tees here in just a couple days. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Eli Drake. Of course, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at the Eli Drake. Uh, I will be in North Carolina on September 21st. I forget which city. Let me look at that real quick on my calendar. Uh, Wilmington, Kenansville, technically, North Carolina. Um, and then, of course, you'll find me at the NWA television tapings in Atlanta on September 30th and October 1st. Follow me on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell. I mean, everybody else does. Maybe one day I can talk to like Drake into following me. Come on. I'll, I'll consider it. Ah, boy, you're going to make me work for this follow, aren't you? <laughs> it, isn't it weird on, on Twitter where like fans will be like, come on, Eli, follow me? And you're like, Why? And I get that a lot too. People will be like, Dennis, will you follow me? Like, I'm, I look, I get that. I'm like borderline Z list, if anything. But, <laughs> but people will still be like, will you follow me? It's like, if I, if you have to beg me to follow you, do I really want to follow you? Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the, I mean, obviously, I, I know the appeal is now they can take a screenshot of it and put it on their profile or whatever, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to say. But half the time, I don't. I miss so much on my Twitter because I've deleted the app, so I have to actually go to the website to see anything, and so it, it's cut down my screen time on Twitter so much. So I don't see half the stuff that anybody says to me. But still, feel free to tweet me, say whatever you want, and maybe I'll see it, maybe I won't. All right. Well, follow me on Twitter at Dennis Seven Seven Farrell. Follow a wrestle wrestling perspective at WP underscore Pod. Go to wrestlingperspectivepodcast dot com. Anywhere you get your podcast, that's where Wrestling Perspective is. As we usher out the old PD Williams fans and bring in now the new Eli Drake fans, it's going to be a different show and kind of more of what you heard. Some news, a lot of talk, banter back and forth. Let's not usher them out. Let's convert them, baby. Ooh, I like it. All right, guys, Wrestling Perspective. We'll see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.